Stage 15, the 78th Vuelta a Espanol, Pamplona to Leckenberry, 158.3 kilometers. And there, it looks like someone's trying to do a repeat of yesterday. And I had some thoughts last night, and I came into the TV this morning, started watching the race, and I was like, uh-oh, maybe those are going to materialize. I will break that down, but then they were dissuaded a little bit later. Coming up. Even Chris Froome had no response to Alberto Contador today. For the last couple of years, he's looked a shadow of himself, but Contador has shone on this welter, and finally he takes the stage victory. It's about how much time Richard Carapaz can take. What is the gap going to be? He crosses it at 2.34. So, Primoz Roglic now has got 45 seconds to get there. Primoz Roglic saves La Welta by around 19, 20 seconds. 21%, it really is a, uh, a hurt zone, this. Nibali hits it once again. Now, can he? Don't forget, he's just got to find three seconds here. Four if he can. The way Nibali goes once more in the cloud. Oh, it's almost reminiscent of his uh, job on uh, uh, the Giro d'Italia. Yeah, almost the camera. And uh, has Nibali been taken out here as well? No, well, I, think I don't think there was any contact with anybody. It's just gone pop. Here is Horner. What a performance by this man. As we say, 20 years separating the man who's won the stage and the man who quite possibly has just won the welter. 200 metres. This is going to feel like party time. And the grimace turns into a huge grin. And the clock, watch it when he crosses the line because this is the crucial timings. He gets the bonus as well, don't forget. There is Chris Horner. Has he just done it for the old guard. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Sorry, everybody, for the long, lengthy intro, but that's what we have going on here. Welcome, everybody, Between Two Wheels podcast, Tyler Yonke. Uh, stage 15, 158.3 kilometers, and last night, I started to think about uh, Remco a bit, and I was like, hmm, he's riding well. So what if he starts to do some things where he just, he, like today, he wants to just go off and, and that's fine. Uh, what I could see possibly happening now, because if he's back in the mix and he's Remco and he starts taking off on climbs, um, at some point, the the lesser knowns, the, the ones that are behind the, the Trin Holy Trinity, they're going to probably want to jump on his wheel and go with him. That might cause tr trouble. That might be a pace. Maybe he's too brisk. And he's he takes some rest and then he's going it and then maybe it causes some trouble. That's if and and by the way, so what I'm thinking there is days that uh, set may be in a little bit of trouble. Uh, you may have a, that kind of a problem with someone that uh, is taking some days off and then being more fresh, but has this ability. This it's it, but but we saw it today. That didn't quite happen. We'll break that down. Uh, what 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 I think about and the Angrelu, how this could come back into account. That's the one I'm thinking of. Um, but, I mean, you got Ayuso, Moss, these guys, I, I don't think on the Angrelu, I look back on it through, what, 2017, 18, they have they only done it, um, they did it obviously in 2013, they did it a few times after with Chris Froome, a Contador, but they haven't done it since uh, 2020, which Sepp and Roglic both did, uh, I, I, maybe Andrik Moss was there too, I think he was. Um, but uh, the point is, a lot. Some of these guys haven't been doing the Angrelu, and and Sepp has, uh, Remco hasn't. Um, so Ayuso hasn't. 
So that'll be at least some interesting perspective there. Obviously, uh, Soler has. Um, I don't know about Almeida. Probably not because he's kind of come on a little bit later. And this, I don't know how many uh, Voltas he's done. And the point is, that it's going to be playing. Remco is this B that's not going to go away. Okay. So what we had today, and what's what? Let's just add this in here. They don't show the coverage until about ninety kilometers to go. And already you're you're seeing Remco going up the road, causing problems, and he's been doing that. So um, and then there was a little bit of a hey, what's what's Jumbo going to do? But we'll get into that a little bit here. Um, and Garrett Thomas had a crash today. We'll talk about that. This is just the way GCN previews this tad bit a little bit. Caden uh, Groves looking to be the spoiler for the, the well the the winner for the points competition. And here you go. Uh, up to Pamplona, up to Luke Leckenbury. I don't know, it's a strange name. And you got some up and downs all day long. But for the most part, you got this Cat 3 around uh, 80 kilometers in. And then you have a Cat 2. And then they have a Cat 2. And then it'll run down into Leckenbury uh, for the final. So it looks like I said yesterday, it's going to be a breakaway, I would assume. But of course, what does that really look like? Well, like we said, when the when the race hit, immediately, 94 kilometers they're showing here. Uh, Peacock didn't even come in until about, right about on this part, a little bit before, actually. And so, 94 in, you're already, uh, which climb are they on here at 94? In to go, um, 80, 94. Okay, so they, they're, they're heading up the Cat 3. That's kind of where the, the, the cameras came on to us. And, and there's, uh, was that maybe Drago, but that's... Um, Avenipol taking taking the reins here with the King of the Mountain jersey. And then you start to see action from behind of UAE. We talked about UAE yesterday where I didn't think they wrote, or UAD, uh, where they uh, didn't think they necessarily rode good team tactics. Uh, it was a little bit odd, but they were trying to, I think, put Sepp into, into trouble, uh, at least think that, hey, maybe since he hasn't ridden um, a Grand Tour, uh, he's ridden three this year, and maybe since he hasn't ridden a Grand Tour for, uh, the, the leadership, maybe we can work them over a little bit. You know, so I was also thinking about that, where Sepp has been there for six of Jumbo's wins, okay? So, and and by the way, he's ridden, he rode last year's Vuelta, but then I think he got sick or something and quit. So, or the first one he did with them as well, uh, they, and they didn't win that time. Um, anyway, so the point is, he's done enough Grand Tours to know how, and, and by the way, most of them in the, done well in the Tour de France as well. So it's not like he he doesn't know how to fuel. He doesn't know how to take care of himself uh, all the way through. He's just doing a few bit different things where you don't lose minutes, seconds, everything here and there. So I think things like, oh, he's not going to properly fuel. No. And, and by the way, it's a different kind of stress on him than it is. He's similar to a sprinter in a way, which is you've got these specific stages you're going to have to be there for, and we expect you to be there. A sprinter is is... Have an internet problem. Uh, Sprinter is somewhat stressful in the, in the fact that you are here's my stage. I'm expected to do well, and you have to deliver. You have to get up in the front. He's expected to do those things on the climbing days. So when he says there hasn't been really, um, you know, concerns or he hasn't really had a lot of uh, stress, there has been. I mean, he he may not realize it, but um, he's been put into the position to have that. 
okay, so right here, UAE, you got um, Solaire starts to attack on the right. Jonas, you can see him right above him, anticipates this and jumps and goes with him. Sep is over here on the left on Almeida's wheel. He just kind of comes over to the right, sees that Enric Maas isn't going up the road, and he just sits. Now, the problem with this is Jonas goes up the road with um, Solaire, and they reach uh, the, the front group here where Evenepoel um, uh, is not going to give up. He's drilling it on the front. By the way, this is another thing to look at. Evenepoel drilling it on the front. Rui Costa right on the back. Keep those things in mind as we talk more about this stage. Uh, Soler reaches up there with Vinigo, and uh, what happens then is that group starts taking off, but uh, um, Jumbo says, nope, and they come to the front, all of them, and they drill this thing back. Okay. This, and I'm, by the way, I'm taking this from a perspective of uh, Jumbo as we just want the win. And then, hey, a, a fan of I want Sep to win. Uh, uh, Vindigo and Roglic, there's just as much equitime, equidistant, but equitime between them and Soler as there is to uh, them and Sep. Okay. But there's no one in between. So if Jumbo goes up the road with a Soler or Vlasov, who is also in that group, that, it, okay, that's fine for, uh, it, it might be fine for um, uh, Jonas, right? Because he's going to be moving up. Maybe he gets in the yellow jersey. But what he's done is he's now brought this other person up with him. So he is, there's there's no need. There's no need to do that, to, to close this gap, to Sep with Jonas, at least in this fashion, by dragging someone up. Now what you've done is you've brought Soler and Vlasov closer into the mix, and that right now it do, that's not your concern at all. Your concern should be not necessarily this mix of time between the top three, but it should be a problem of anybody getting up closer because the closer they get, the more likely they are to cause trouble. I think you've already got Soler on your back feet. Don't let give them any chance to get up and be more of a thorn in your side just keep him down. So it's fine for Jonas to go up the road with him. And then even more exceptional for Jumbo to, from a team perspective, to go up. Now, from a, a, a set perspective, this was great as well because you got to see that Jumbo said, I don't care if, if Jonas is up there. We Maybe we think Jonas can win this whole thing. Maybe we don't even think Soler and Vlasov are our concerns, but it doesn't matter. We've got the yellow, red jersey. And this is more to our benefit to bring this back. Boom, they worked for Sep and they brought him back. So for me, that was encouraging on, on all aspects. Uh, for, the, for the most part, then the, the team, the, the race kind of settled down a bit, uh, although you still have Remco just drilling in on the front here. There's some splits in this little group. Um, he ends up going over the top of the Cat 3, gets points there. So he's building on his um, King of the Mountain jersey. Who's also getting some sprints. Now we're going up to the cat. Uh, what's the next one? The a cat two, I think. And um, he, oh, there you go. Uh, so Garrett Thomas had fallen. And the whole time you're seeing this break going up the front. They're, they're kind of splitting. They're consolidating. You've got Nico Denz in there. You've got Kamna. You've got Rui Costa, Butrago. I think uh, Nelson for Movie Star is in there. There was uh, Sam uh, Johansson for Alpes and Phoenix. At one point, Alpes and Phoenix starts to chase, and they're bringing this. It gaps like three minutes. Then they're they're chasing, and it's going out to three forty. <laughs> it's just and and so the question was, uh, are they because uh, Caden Groves was still in this pack? Now, when they first when we came here and we saw Soler and Sep going up the road, <clears throat> that the pack behind with the red jersey had kind of disintegrated. And there was a lot of people missing out. When they brought um, Soler back, 
Jumbo then kind of sits across the road, sets up like a barrage, and next thing you know, a bunch of them are coming back to him. But Caden Groves is in there, and so Alpeson is, is kind of chasing. Now, uh, Sam uh, Johansson had actually taken some bonus points, and it, and and and, and uh, Remco was like, I don't really, it doesn't really matter to me. And so he had said yesterday, I'm not going for points. It didn't look like he was going for him today, but he was taking him because once again, he's just sitting on the front, drilling it on these little climbs and on the flat area. Now, yesterday we saw big climbs, then big descents, not much valley. And that's where Remco really took advantage was on this, the, the climbs. Today, though, there was littler climbs. You get a draft off them and, uh, and at least a little bit, you know, yesterday, uh, Roman Bardet said you can't get a draft off him, but you can. And it's and you're going much uh, higher speeds, and so with that in mind, he's doing a lot more work today. Okay, you're going up the last uh, categorized climb here. Betrago takes off the front. Uh, Rui Costa goes with him. Uh, Lenny Kamna tries to bridge across, and he starts going. And then you're starting to see some of these guys back here uh, in that little group where Kamna's taken off. Uh, and by the way, there was a few little moves earlier and Remco was on the front and he was jumping. This is the first time you see where he's not even jumping. He's just kind of letting wheels go in there. A little bit later, he's actually getting distance and you realize the fatigue from yesterday, the, the overcompensating maybe from the day before up the tourmalay now has kind of come to fruition. He's out there just blowing his brains out on the front and he is not quite where he would need to be. This is a cat three climb. This is, uh, is it a cat three? We'll take a look at it again here. Um, uh, actually, I think I have it. Look at it here. Pamplona. It's a cat two. So it's a decent one. We went over three and then the twos uh, after that. So the point is, it wasn't a super steep one. It probably could have been rated a three. And um, and Remco's having some trouble. Up the top, though, you've got Butrago for uh, Bahrain, uh, Bahrain Victorious. You've got uh, Rui Costa, who's won world championships. He's won... Uh, big monuments before he is well known for just sitting on and not taking poles. Now I don't have a problem with him. He needs to, to figure out how to win in general, but is a better climber. Rui Costa could win from a sprint from a group quite handily. Uh, so he starts, but the problem with, I got with him was he was gestating, like complaining. This is like, just don't take the front. Okay. So he kind of pulls through and then he pulls back. He's pretty slimy about it all. Uh, then Kamna comes up to them, takes off. And then there's a little bit of a, a mix and matcher there. Now, Let's go back away. See if we can see this here. This is uh, it's kind of hard to see maybe on this view, but they're cruising over the top of the climb, and and so now they're going to come down into Leckenberry, and Camden's off the front from them. He tacked him, and he's going to make Petrago's uh, just like uh, Rui Costa. You're going to have to do some work here, and there he's got a decent enough gap now. Camden's a, a stage hunter. He's kind of a a sniper in that respect, and he could time trial just fine. But he comes around this big sweeping left, goes off the road and then crashes over into the side of the field. Okay, that's not so good. So then Rui Costa's like, hey, hey why don't we sit up? Because I'm not going to take the pole. But then Camna comes back to them. Uh, Butrago gets uh, Rui Costa to take the lead, and then Rui Costa makes like a little jump. The Camna kind of comes through. Now Camna's on the front for the last like six, 700 meters. The problem is they'd had 25 seconds on Avenipol and his group. Suddenly that group is coming up, flying up from behind, and there's a risk of getting caught. Rui Costa takes this, it looks like to me, which is he didn't have to take Camina to the line. He could have pushed on further. He could uh, he could have taken some pulls up the climb with uh, Butrago and not ever had Camina come into the four. So he's put him this himself in this situation. But he's also so willing to not take the front to lose a race that he's 
forcing everyone to do it. He's like, it's the old Chris Horner thing uh, with uh, the Frenchman back in the, what, 2008 Tour de France when we were the Sonnier Duval, which is he's like, they're, they're coming into the finish and Chris is like, I'm not taking it. I'm not coming up to the front. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to make it. You pull, you're the one required to And what the, happened. The whole field came and swamped him because Chris was willing to say, Nope, I, I, I'm not going to sprint for you for a second. I'm not going to give you uh, first place and just have me kind of be your your uh, butt boy in a sense. Uh, well, so anyway, they come out there. Camna has a great kick, immediately distanced Butrago, uh, but Rui Costa is a little pitch to the line here, and Rui Costa gets the win, posts up. I'm sure everyone's frustrated. Then uh, Evenepoel comes in across for fourth place, wins that bunch sprint. Uh, and then coming in here for the main pack, uh, you had Caden Groves coming in here, taking the, taking the field for the for the yeah so the, he takes it for the field uh but right in behind him is sepkus doing a good job for himself as well so there you go sepkus right up there near the front uh so there you go uh, rui costa the old man leonard kamna in second place butrago in third Evenepoel in fourth by two seconds they were right up on him uh cron rubio rodriguez uh chris hamilton for dsm uh, Nico Dens for Bora, and then uh, Jan Janssen for Alpecin Phoenix. He was, uh, I think, Jan Sam something. I think that is. I think Sam's in his name somewhere. So there you go. Rui Costa with the with the brilliant sprint gets himself uh, one of those Basque hats. Dumps the oh shit. Dumps the champagne over his head. Sepkus knuckles are all around, and uh, once again, one thirty seven over Roglic, one forty four over Vingago, two thirty seven. And 306 over Moss, 310 over Sol. See, look at that. 144. So it's a minute. It's almost, well, minute 1.75, basically, to Sepkus. Uh, whereas back to, it's it's almost the exact same back to uh, Solaire. So, you know, why are you, you're not going to bring him up. I mean, if he gets, if, you know, gets two minutes and he's in the lead, now Solaire's up two minutes. He's still only 145 or so behind uh, Vingago, but now he's put himself up in the mix of the everyone else. So it just doesn't make sense to be pulling up there. Uh, Utrebrix, Velasov, Soler, uh, Landa, Almeida. It was all, to top, him overall. Top 10 stayed uh, stayed the same as it was. Sepkus gets to go up on the stage. Uh, Venepol up uh, solidifying his his king of the mountains there. 71 points to 39, 36, 35. But we're going to get 27. We're going to get some uh, decent um, decent points coming up here. Now, look, he won a mountaintop stage already, and then he won a uh, second one yesterday, so that's where he's really got, and then he got more points again today. So we got a rest day, and then we've talked about this one. La Hermida, um, the climb, the two, second uh, second category climb, you're going to see some action going up there, I bet. Um, it will be uh, somewhat interesting to see uh, what what happens with everybody there. And so I, Venipol, let's talk about some interviews. So Venipol, after the race today, he's like, look, I get two rest days now. I'm like, what? He's like, well, I get the rest day tomorrow and then kind of the next day. So is he, look, it, you don't normally see a GC rider that starts stage hunting uh, that is really in almost shape to be uh, the overall. I mean, he had one bad day, which is not good, but it's 27-minute day. I think it was probably more around a 10-minute day, and he just extended it by riding it easier. Uh, and now he's stage hunting with that same kind of, it appears like same kind of fitness the, the day before the, the tourmalade. So confusing as far as that goes, but it is interesting. It's interesting to watch it uh, because he can snipe it in such a different way. Now he's on the front there yesterday, drilling everything, doing his thing, getting the points, uh, getting rid of Bardet, 
gets a signal over the, the finish line. And today he rides similar where he's on the front, drilling, drilling, drilling. Rui Costa's on the back, sitting, sitting, sitting. And then Rui Costa ends up getting the win. Uh, matter of fact, they distanced themselves. They haven't been playing cat and mouse at the end. Uh, they would have had 30 seconds on Remco rather than just two seconds. So it's the way it is. And it was interesting. So he said, I'm not going to be going for this. So it sounds like maybe the next stage, whether he because it may be up that cat too that the the crowd uh the the riders are going to be going for it and uh, the gc and if that's the case is he actually going to be taking it easy or does he just think it's going to be so easy that um, he doesn't really need to be uh, stressing about it and it will be like a re uh, rest day i don't know that's the that's the thing we just don't know about so let's take a look here at a few more of these results um got to go that's to, that's tomorrow's stage tyler let's do pamplona there we go okay so there we go in there let's just take a look here at americans because that's what we need to do to check out how our guys went uh sep is up there larry warbass stayed up in the front other than that joe dombrowski and sean quinn they said uh, i'll see you later um let's see what else we got here so gc these guys obviously are way back they're not really worried no one's looking at anything on points but sep KOM, no one but Sepp. Sean Quinn is a young rider, so he's in that category, 17th place. And then Little Trek and EF Education for the two American teams, which are doing 10th and 11th on the team classification. All right, so there's the stage. There's the GC. Once again, we talked about the differences between... Uh, so Ayuso, obviously, he's 237. Uh, that's that's concerning uh, you know, for the guys. He's much closer to Jonas. But once again, you can't just be dragging him or Vlasov up to the front and uh, putting them in, in a spot where they're going to now uh, cause havoc for your team. Because you then you lose some of the uh, the 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 striking strike force, the potency of the trio of being able to play them off of anybody else. So you know, although do <laughs> we're, we're kind of talking about some random stuff here. Um, one other thing I thought. So I, I let me. Let me bring this up real quick here. This is um, someone made a comment yesterday on uh, the stage on our video. Okay, so let me see if I could get to this. We'll add this to the screen. This was, and I thought it was a it's a decent one. To, let's at least we can uh, we can read it. I'll maybe make myself smaller. There, we, uh, let's do this one. That way you can actually read it. Uh, this is from Franz V. Vitishlin, uh and Sfranz, uh, I apologize if I, I butchered your uh, name here. Um, so this was kind of talking about yesterday with uh, Remco and some of the things. Now, Brian Zimni had chose, uh, said in here, there's no discussion about whether bike racing is fixed. Scary discussion, but did the Peloton agree to let him go because it's good for the sport? Uh, I would say uh, no to that one. I, I just am kind of emphatic. One, he, he is added, is that the guy you want that everyone says need needs to get a, a win? We just the, the sport really needs another win from Remco to to save it. No, I mean it was a good story and and everyone paid attention, but they're going to do that anyway. I mean he's going to this is Remco what he's going to do, and so I just don't think there was any fixing. By the way, um, I think he just rode the shit out of that course yesterday. So you know, putting up the time and the how much he was on the front. It'd be one thing maybe if he wasn't on the front so much, but he was on the front. And you do think those guys they're going to get their chance to win a Grand Tour that they're not going to? Uh, that somehow it's him. I, I just don't buy that one. Okay. 
Uh, Franz says, for some, it takes three days to resurrect. For Remco, it took less than 24 hours. Is that a Jesus reference? I like that. Uh, I know he won with the approval of the Holy Jumbo Visma Trinity, but that is another story. Um, okay. Uh, the approval. Yeah. In other words, they let the break go up the front. I, I agree with that. To the point he rose like a phoenix from the ashes, which is almost unexplainable physically. Many will question this, but mentally it is possible to be empty, dead, buried one day and have a fighting spirit the next. Not everyone, but real champions. Yes, I, I agree. And I don't know if that was a comment kind of uh, where Mason Marlowe yesterday chimed in and said that he, he could be weak mentally. I don't think he's weak mentally as far as, um, being able to uh, come back. I, I think that the, he's won too much to say he's weak mentally, uh, possibly weak moments mentally. Okay. There could be those, which is he was having a little bit of a tough time. And then maybe it's a bit of a pity party that he just sits up. I, I don't know if that's the case. We are reading so much into this, which is uh, actually fun um, about not liking Remco. Well, I'm Belgian and with such a uh, CV already at 23, we kind of have to respect and support him but we are not blind and his perceived arrogance is a personality treat we really don't appreciate. Um, okay, I get I get what you have to support. I, I get that. Yeah, he, he has an incredible, um, incredible resume. Now, you being Belgian, you say you have to respect and support him. I, I would say uh, respect should be earned uh, and so should support on those kind of things. But I, I get it, it's your, your countrymen. You ignore some of those traits. I, I tend to say, what is he on the bike? What is he on the bike that makes me want to respect and support him? Okay. I've seen, and I, and I think he's growing. And so I've even been changing on this and I, he's young. I'm going to give him the benefit on this one, which is, um, he used to not play good tactics. And then when other people would play good tactics, he would complain. And I'm just like, dude, that's just, that's just not so good. And by the way, I, maybe I misread some of his Jiro issues with Almeida. He's come out now and said that was the, the organization pushing that. By the way, let's let's talk about that real quick, and then we'll get back into this, uh, which is the organization. That interview uh, that he did with Lantern Rouge points out a few things, which is um, he told the team what to do best uh, uh, based on his fitness at the time, his preparation coming into the race, and where Almeida was, and strategically the best thing to do. He said, I, I shouldn't be coming, but don't have Almeida come back for me, Almeida, do your own race. And Almeida might have actually done much better, maybe won, uh, if he had uh, listened to that and not come back. Now, if the team is telling him to come back, that's my point. The team could sometimes make uh, decisions that are, one, not uh, not good for anybody. They were making that decision, I think, because he was Belgian. Okay, Almeida wasn't. It's a Belgian team. You've got all this story about it. They would rather trash Almeida's chances than to not give everything they can for this. So the team making a dictation about who wins can be a big deal. If you want to keep riding for this team, as an example, number one I'm leading this into is the Sep Kuz thing. So if the team really wants Sep to win, they're going to cause some problems if the other two, Vinigo and Remco, really, sorry, uh, Roglic, really want to try to win this race themselves. And there's like some conflict and the team is saying, no, 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 we're going to have Sep do it. Okay. That could be problems, especially when you got these two Grand Tour winning. I mean, Jonas just won the Tour. Do you want to cause problems like that or would you rather sacrifice Sep for the benefit of, wow, maybe these two guys want to be. Now, uh, Jumbo, it would be better for their vision in, within the sport, as far how people, optics, for them to win with Sep. And the reason being is, if they were dominating this way and it was Jonas on front, uh, Remco, or sorry, 
sorry, Jonas, uh, Roglic, and maybe Wout or someone like that. And everyone would be like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a little sick of this. The fact that it's, it's a SEP actually gives them a chance to not be hated. Okay. So that's kind of where they're at. Um, I, I believe on this one. Okay. Let's go back to a uh, point being that they, they might dictate who gets to win this and you really don't have much to say about it. Uh, about not liking Remco. Okay. I did that. On the other hand, sometimes it is nice to have guys speaking without a filter. I absolutely agree. And that's one thing I love about Tom Dumoulin as an example. Uh, you may not like the quote, the Godfather unquote of cycling, the fever, not too many people do, but what kind of guy do you expect? But what his team was one the one to beat in one day races for 30 years. So again, he wouldn't be someone I'd befriend, but his resume speaks for itself. True. So no Remco and Lefevre will not be invited to everyone's barbecue, but it will be in everyone's uh, dream team on the road. I, I agree. I, I just think uh, Lefevre is kind of a trash person. So he's not a racer. And since he is not a racer, I don't have to respect what he does. I, I get it, the coaching, you're saying, but I just think he's a trash person. He always wants to sue people and, and doesn't want them to, to do whatever. So um, I, I'm just not a fan of that. Hey, I could hate a team. Come on, man. Um, uh, I think most of here in Belgium support Remco, obviously, but if they could spend a day with a local champion, they would pick Van Aert or our Dutch friend Vanderpoel. Because besides being the world's best bike racer, they actually are really down to earth people. Once again, I was kind of taken in to Remco by the uh, interview with the, the Landon Ridge guys. Uh, he seemed fun. Uh, now, he seemed their age, too. So that might have something to do with it. Um, about cycling being fixed, well, there's no proof. It is. It, so someone, everyone is innocent. I followed it closely for the last 35 years, and there were times I wouldn't have taken anyone's word if they said it was clean, but I've followed many of the current riders, Van Aert, Vanderpool, Pogacar, and Vanderpool, Pitcock, from a young age, and it was obvious they had superhuman potential with perfect training diet. So I'm pretty confident it's clean as it can be, besides the odd individual case, but it remains a difficult topic, and press and fans are often hypocrites. Some sinners can return, others are banned and shunned for life. Armstrong was an ass, but they conveniently forgot Merckx was doped to the max. He was caught. His friends were the pharmacist's son, and the man, there were some crazy stories, stories the press knows about, but collectively decided not to tell and keep honoring Merckx. Here you go, my two cents. Enjoy the rest of the build up. Yeah. Uh, Let's go over a few of those things. One, um, I don't think Brian was saying that it was fixed as in doping, but uh, like giving away races. I and mean, it's, I think, somewhat famous. It was it Sanchez and Vinokurov paid each other. One of them paid the other one off. I mean, this is happening, those kind of things. That's a little bit more on a micro level. This, would what Brian said, would have to be parlayed into what took place yesterday where the, everyone's on board. I just don't think that's as possible. Are the racers clean? Look, I've, I've said those kind of things when I was younger about Lance and everything, and then it comes out that they're not. I think it's more difficult right now to be cheating as it was in the days of Lance. Part of that, you really have to give to Jonathan Vodders, and there's a lot of hatred of Jonathan Vodders by the Lance Armstrongs because I think he cured the sport in a sense, possibly, uh, which is he made it so it was cool to hate the dopers as a cyclist. His riders come in. They would they when someone starts getting caught, they're not making excuses for it or they're not shutting up. They're on Twitter. They're on in the press. They're mocking these people. They're saying and that's what you have to do. That the, the mindset has to be you're a piece of crap, Lance, for chasing down Simone um, and you're a piece of crap for trying to ru ruin my livelihood in this sport and everyone else that does that. Rui Costa, by the way, was once uh, caught positive. Uh, as far as the Mercs go, yes, I, I, I read. Was it, 
Daniel Freeb's book about Eddie Merckx, and it was really good. And it, it does. He got caught multiple times. I don't think it was just twice, but it was uh, several times. And, you know, the suspensions back then were much different. Matter of fact, 1988 Tour de France, I think it was 88 Tour de France, um, one of the guys was tested positive during the race, and he was fined 10 minutes <laughs> during the race. He was able to keep racing, but it was just a 10-minute penalty. So uh, fascinating, uh, fascinating stuff there. Um, okay, we've, we, have we talked enough about uh, the racing? And, oh, let's go. Let's do this one last thing. Um, so anyway, Franz, I really appreciate your message. I, I one, it was you didn't take uh, shots at me. I appreciate that, uh, and it was uh, it was well said. So I uh, hope you are continuing to enjoy the race coverage that we've given. Uh, the KOM sprints, we saw, you could just see this. Um, the the seventy nine. Which one do we want to look at? Because Butrago got that. Yeah. So Venepol gets the first one. He gets the second one. Uh, he uh, Janssen, Jimmy, Jimmy, not San. Jimmy Jansen uh, gets the sprint point. Venepol, though, does come in through fifth there. Yeah. Then the KOMs go to Butrago and then points at the finish. Once it go, uh, Venepol still got some of those. And did we get Caden Groves still coming in fifth place? So he was able to take on. Um, uh, at least five points. Uh, Venipole gets the most combative. I think that's right. Uh, Butrago uh, moved up on the youth rider, uh, youth category today. Uh, team classification was taken by Bora on the day, but overall led by Jumbo. Uh, let's go to profiles. And we'll look at, like we talked about this one several times. That's coming in on Wednesday or Tuesday. Um what are we going to do here? Jumbo going to drill it on the front for 115 kilometers, uh, 60 miles or so. And then, you know, this is a shorter stage. I mean, it's only 120, 120 kilometers. So, you know, look back at Formigal. That was a short one. We've talked about that in 2016. Destroyed Chris Froome's chances. Get on the back foot. You can't let those kind of things happen. So be careful. It's along the coast. There might be some wind. Who knows? And then you got a, a pitch up to the climb here. And then the next day we're going, and, and what does that climb look like? 8.5, 4.9 kilometers. I just don't think it's enough to shake up the GC. Uh, this could be a Remco type of day. You might see Remco taking uh, the win, the time bonuses. So it depends what what they want to have happen. Now, the fact that, did I say Remco? I mean Ruglitch. Um, the fact that Remco isn't in the overall changes this because if he was in the overall mix still, this would be one for him to try to take over uh, Roglic and get some bonus points, but it's not. So does Jumbo take everyone to the finish with trying to get Roglic? Maybe they do. Maybe that's the team management's way of placating these guys is just get as many stage wins as you can for Roglic. For Jonas. And then what will be really interesting though, what if, what if stage 17 up to Angrelu? Um, Sep doesn't have a bad day, and those other two do have a little bit of one. That that will be interesting <laughs> to see. Uh now, if if I think uh, for the most part, Sep is gonna be able to stay with Ayuso and he's gonna be able to stay with Moss. I don't see either one of those guys out climbing him. So it will be interesting on the Angrelu how this comes about, how this team decides to play it, if they want to go up defensively. If one of these guys goes up the road, does the whole, you know, snake go with him or, and I actually think if it's just going to be one twos here, the way that steepness is, the attacks aren't going to be super brutal. So you may see, uh, you know, a moss try to make a move and then you're going to have, you're going to have uh roguelich, Jonas, Sep, all just going, ting, 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 going up there. Next thing you know, it's just going to be five or six people all left on there. So, um, yeah, it's going to be 
going to be quite the barn burner. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to rest day. If you need rest, you need Fox and Sons coffee, go to foxandsons.com. Use the review code or the code promo code review. Get 15% off orders of 25 or more. And um, I use a coffee every day and uh, I absolutely love it. So like and subscribe, everybody. And we will see you tomorrow for more fun on the Vuelta a España. Thanks. Bye.